Welcome to the Operate Podcast, where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at company building from the perspective of the builders themselves. This is how we operate. Welcome to the Operate Podcast. I'm Kerry Ransom. Today's episode is sponsored by Hunt Club, a new category of search firm that leverages the power of relationships and referrals to find you the best talent for your organization. They use technology to transform thousands of subject matter experts into the world's most powerful talent network, a network of over 10,000 folks that are industry leaders, and they refer the top talent in their networks to these exciting positions. If you want to know more, you can go to huntclub.com or you can reach out to me and I'm happy to introduce you to them. I'm super excited to have Annette Walker with me on the podcast today. Before we get to hear from her, though, let me tell you a bit about Annette. She is currently president of City of Hope here in Orange County and is leading the development of a world-class cancer center that they are building here. And as, as I know, it is reported to be more than a billion-dollar project, which is incredible. She and her team have brought together a group of world-class researchers and clinicians to really lead and work from the center there. And we will talk a fair bit about the plans and the amazing things that are underway. She has quickly become a top community influencer and advocate who is transforming the healthcare landscape throughout all of Southern California. And she's been in this world and, and a leader in it for quite a while. Previously, she was a senior executive of Providence St. Joseph Health, uh, another substantial health system with a number of hospitals and over 100,000 people here in the, the Western US. I've had the pleasure of getting to know her a bit over the last year through her involvement in the CEO Leadership Alliance of Orange County, uh, which I'm also involved. And I really appreciate her commitment to its mission and this focus on the next generation of talent and leaders here that is a key part of what CLA is all about. Annette, it's great to have you here today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here and I'm honored to be included on your list of innovators and influencers in Orange County. So thank you for the invitation, Carrie. Absolutely. So I gave a brief intro to the large investment that City of Hope is committed and is making here, um, would love to hear the story of what led to there and, and your decision to commit and expand here in such a substantial way. Yeah, I, I'd love to share that because it, it's quite a story. I mean, I think most people probably don't realize um, some of the history of City of Hope. You know, City of Hope was originally started as a TB sanitarium for Southern California. And actually people from all over the world came to City of Hope. And it was those patients who named the place, which it, to me is the best name in the world. I could hire the best marketing firm in the world and I could get a better name. I totally but, yeah, But anyway, um, when TB was not eradicated, but pretty much contains hope in the 50s, turns its sights onto cancer. And it's a really special organization. I think most people understand that we treat thousands of cancer patients a year and that we offer the highest level of specialized cancer care and research that science can provide. 
but you probably don't know that City of Hope's influence extends way beyond our walls and way beyond our regions. In fact, many drugs such as synthetic human insulin, monoclonal antibodies for cancer, pulmonary and other diseases in use today were developed by City of Hope. Hmm. And collectively, we impact the lives of over 100 million people across the globe every day. Wow. So City of Hope has done all this work from its first campus in Doherty for over 100 years. And this ambition or this vision to build a second campus in Orange County is the most ambitious undertaking in our history. And why would we do that? Well, we're answering the call of our patients. More than 20% of the people who are diagnosed with cancer in Orange County find the need to leave the county for specialized cancer care that City Hope provides. Mm. It either goes to Los Angeles or they go to San Diego. 4,000 of them last year came to Doherty. So we know that there's a current need. We know that unfortunately, as awesome as it is to live here in Orange County, the one uh, statistic we don't escape is that one in three of us are gonna get cancer. And that cancer is correlated with age and Orange County also has a demographic. So. Our decision to come here was to fill that need and make sure that on the ground in Orange County, that Orange County have access to the highest level of specialized cancer care and research that science can provide today. So that's the why. That was the compelling burning platform that drove the City of Hope to make this commitment to Orange County. Amazing. Amazing. And yeah, I mean, clearly the the need and the the opportunity is there. Um, so so compelling. So you've been kicking this off you know, just before this global pandemic hit us. So as you look back over the last year, as we're, it feels like we're coming up on almost exactly a year anniversary of that, how has the project progressed so far during that? Well, we, we did have a couple slowdowns, but um, in the end, they might have, have really been a benefit to us. You know, mm -hmm. we, we were originally planning to start construction in May or June, and COVID hit in March, and, you know, there was this little bit of collecting ourselves, making sure we closed on the property, things like that. Mm -hmm. But it also gave us pause to stop and evaluate, since we actually hadn't put a hammer to anything yet. Mm -hmm. Were there things in the design that we would want to reconsider in light of what we've learned from COVID? Now, most people out there, I think, have a good sense of how COVID has affected the general population. You know, 1.8%, one, 1. I believe, mortality rate in the general population. It's about 12% in um, nursing homes and the cancer patients. It's like mm -hmm. over 25%. Mm -hmm. So with regard to any other um, diseases, we are hyper vigilant about the cancer patient. And for COVID, we just underscored it and reevaluated what would we change here? What would we change about some of the processes in the building? Is there anything in the physical design? And yeah, there were some things that we said, now that we know this, we made these changes and they were ended up being architectural changes as opposed to um, remodeling at a later date. So I think in, in many ways we were blessed. We started construction in September 
And we've been hard at it ever since. And now we're targeting that the cancer center will open in um, late August to September of 22. Mm. And that we will break ground on the hospital in early 22. Okay. So good, good progress. Yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about it. And luckily construction was deemed an essential industry. So they, they've been at it and our partner, Hensel Phelps, who are leading the construction on the site have been at it every day since day one. That's great, that's great. Well, you mentioned, I, I love the uh, background that you gave earlier and you mentioned that some substantial breakthroughs, some innovations have come out of City of Hope over the years. I have a lot of entrepreneurs that are part of my audience, as you think about the entrepreneurial community and this substantial healthcare facility that is is going to uh, exist here, what are ways that entrepreneurs or researchers or innovators might get involved with City of Hope in the future? Well, uh... First of all, I want to say um, with open arms that City of Hope wants to be anybody who wants work with anybody who wants to be cancer. There's mm-hmm. no one organization in the world that's going to be cancer. And I know that Orange County does have a, a lot of really entrepreneurial and innovative persons working in the cancer space. Mm-hmm. And I think there's opportunity for partnerships there. I also think, or I want to convey to the community that we're open to some of the other um, entrepreneurs in the community uh, with, um, you know, w- we want to see or view Orange County or City Hope, we're viewing Orange County site as a greenfield. Like when you have a brand new site, um, what are the things you might do? And, and again, I'll go back to that analogy of what you do out the gate versus a remodel. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a new site and you have a new building and, um, your workflows are going to be different. This is the place to innovate. This yes. is like, are there, are there device devices that we should be implementing? Are there apps that we should be using that are different in the way we communicate with our patients? Mm-hmm. Telemedicine will have a huge play in um, communications between Doherty and Orange County, but also between um, the people of Orange County and the Irvine site and the other community sites that City Health is going to have. We, COVID did a a real, really wonderful thing to the medical community. And it was, we had some unintended consequences, some of them good, some of them bad, but one of the really, really good ones was telemedicine. And, you know, we've had telemedicine in healthcare at least 15 years, Yes. but we couldn't get adoption. We got over the adoption hump in a couple of weeks and Mm -hmm. neither the practitioners nor the patients want to go back to the way it was. And- (laughs) And as we are building the site, we're, we're thinking about it differently is how far, you know, there's things you, you have to do in person and things that you don't. But well, if you can do it at home, isn't it safer for a cancer patient to not have to come out and be exposed? Um, some of the social support services and uh, supportive care services that we can extend in a whole different way these are all the opportunities that are before us. And I know there, I mean, it might even be the way we park our cars or that I, my dream would be, I know you've probably been at the Ritz Carlton. How do they know my name when they open the car? Sure. You know, the, these are things that, why couldn't we adopt those and make this 
the most incredible place for the patient and family experience. Mm. That's such a powerful vision, Annette. And I, I know you know this, but I have to I have to say it anyway that that you know coming from the leader and painting that vision and giving permission to others to to think that way and inviting in folks will will create those collisions and those breakthroughs. And I think that's that's the kind of opportunity that a lot of folks in communities are seeking. What how to get yeah. invited into those creative conversations. And if you think about the the technology innovations that are happening, a lot of those are serving to free us up to think more creatively, to be more human. Um, and it, you know, having institutions like yours that create an environment for that thought and that experimentation to happen is, is going to be defining of our future. I firmly believe that. So just hearing that from you gives me a ton of excitement and optimism because those, those will be the ways you catalyze communities is you, you bring people together to think about creative problem solving and yeah. new ideas. How might, how might this be if we weren't confined by our, our past? I, I'm listening to a, a book right now called Think Again. I don't mm. know if you've heard it, but um, you know it, it's kind of interesting because he, he really, um, I think, pokes at you to say that what, what you think you know is your greatest enemy. Yes. Because you get so restricted with the way you think things have to be done instead of saying, well, maybe I don't know as much as I thought I did. And there's another way to look at this. Um, I, it's, I just find it kind of interesting. I love books that make me think, but that's my, my one I'm working on right now. And I think it applies completely to a lot of conversations that we're having on our team about, hey, this is, we've got one shot to, to do it different. Cause even six to eight months after you open, it's hard to change habits. That's right. Yeah. Inertia in organizations is incredibly powerful, right? That, yep. that, uh, that is hard. So I, it's so refreshing to hear that. And I'm excited and, and will support you in any possible way uh, in some of those uh, experiments, because I think that's, that's the culture that, uh, you know, modern leaders like you can, can create is this Hey, take a little risk. Take you make some experiments. Not everything is going to be done right, but not every one of these experiments is going to be life and death. It could just be a great addition to this overall customer experience or efficiency or any number of, of breakthroughs that are possible. So that's that's exciting. Yeah, well, I think City of Hope has a great tradition of that. You don't get discoveries like on the scale of human insulin by not having an inquiring mind. That's and right. Not, and and the, the number of, I wanna say, uh, failures you have before you have a success, you know, you fail fast and learn and keep moving. Hmm. So we're seeing a lot of healthcare development, expansion. I mean, just, it, it seems like the, COVID, the other, you know, you talked about the movement around telemedicine. I mean, it seems like with the vaccine development that really brought the globe together that sort of this attention to health and even how do we not only fight cancer, how do we try to prevent it? There's just so much happening. 
you know, how, how do you think about that from the way a community all around this should be thinking about the, the future of healthcare? I mean, it's become such a huge part of our economy. And I think some cases we'd say, oh, it's too big, but it's so critical to uh it is. It's it's, it's so critical yeah. critical to a community functioning well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you've hit kind of one of my other passions about, um, and one of the things I love about CLA is how we're approaching solving problems in a community. Mm-hmm. I think too too often organizations try to solve what they can on their own. Mm-hmm. And they do, they do make a difference. I'm not saying that we don't make a difference, but, you know, like curing cancer, nobody's going to do it alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my dream, my, if I had a vision of how healthcare should be working is that um, community leaders and the leaders of healthcare should be working together to move this, the health statistics in their community. You know, it, it's really sometimes hard, I think, for some people in Orange County to understand, like, you know, I, I live in South County and it's like, you know, it's the most beautiful place in the world, but could be mm-hmm. wrong, everybody's healthy. Well, now when you look at the statistics of Orange County, everybody's not healthy. Everybody doesn't have access to health care. And the fact is, if your whole community is not healthy, it's affecting your community. Yes. And it may not show itself up in a health statistic, but it shows up somewhere else. And then inversely, like some of the work CLA is doing, the two most significant indicators associated with health are education and income. Mm-hmm. And so if leaders in a community really start working together, we could change the world. We could, there, there are enough resources. There are, I mean, certainly, I mean, healthcare is the biggest industry in the United States. It's, mm-hmm. but again, how, where's the best place to spend our money? Well, probably it is our health, but mm-hmm. then we should be realizing more synergies from that investments, that investment. And I think if we start approaching healthcare in Orange County more similar um, with united goals and objectives of how we want services available, distributed and access in this community, it, it, would, it would matter. It would really matter. And when you look at our country, it's really hard to figure this out on a national scale. But Orange County is small enough to actually maybe get traction, but big enough to be a demonstration case that it actually might work. That's right. It could be a model. Yeah, Yeah, you've nailed it. I mean, that's what got me really excited to get involved with CLA was this recognition that we're better together. There are people doing all kinds of good things that could be great if they were elevated and done in a more collective way, right? It's it's the right size for both uh, demonstrating how you can make it work and demonstrating how you can start to scale it. And I think that that creates almost this perfect lab yeah. so you, you're spot on and you've got people that care enough about the community to get involved and do it yes that's right so one of the big things we talk about is this idea of 
changing the course, you, you mentioned education and income as being critical. You know, these, this idea of brighter futures and better jobs here, what are, the, what are the key things that you feel like we should be doing to help move those forward? Well, um, like I said, um, if a part of the community suffer, is suffering, somehow the whole community is suffering and mm. maybe just is not aware of it. And, you know, I think there are enough resources. We have spectacular education. We have spectacular opportunity that working together to fix some of these problems um, can really make a difference. You know, I, um, with regard to some of the, um, I want to say underserved communities or underdeveloped communities, you know, I had an opportunity when I was at Providence to work with an organization, Tire San Jose in Santa Ana. And, you know, they, some of those kids would come and work for us. Um, they do their internships. So they got the basic job skills and they come to work mm -hmm. for us and they were fabulous employees. They just never knew the door was open to them. Mm. And, you know, I'm talking to my kids their whole life about the doors that are open to them. Yes. Sometimes you just need someone to believe in you and to show you how to open the door. And so I think there's work to do there. I, I think, and I think there's people who want to do the work. They just quite know how to connect to it. That's right. Yeah. I think that, that time and exposure is so key. Yeah. You, you talked about your, your interest in, in young people. Uh, what, what, is, what other things do you feel like as a community? I mean, how do we develop our, our young people here to feel like this is the best place in the world for them to build their lives? Well, I, I think it's, it's creating paths of success for them. Mm -hmm. You know, they, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I'll take an analogy into the workplace and my belief, it starts well before you're in the workplace. It starts in the educational system. But even once you're in the workplace, um, and I'll speak to my own career, you know, I had those people who recognized something in me and saw things I can do that I didn't realize I could do. And they encouraged mm. me and they, they opened doors for me. And I don't think there's anything more satisfying than to see somebody realize um, and achieve something they never thought they could. And um, it, it is one of the best things about being a leader, I think, is that opportunity that you get in a position where you can not just influence one, you can influence many. Yes. And um, use the resources of your organization and, and your own passions to line those things up. And, you know, it's, you know, this, I don't want to, takes the village well yeah, it does yes. <laughs> it does that's right it takes the village but um i think we got enough people we got people here who want to do that kind of thing yes for sure so you talked about i mean i couldn't agree more that that idea of identifying and really you know, telling somebody you have it and giving them that permission giving them that opportunity uh -huh. is so fulfilling it, it, it is, is probably the thing that I enjoy the most. You know, you, you've been a leader for a long time. How, what do you consider to be your kind of key operating principles? Um, I think the first would be to love the people you lead. Mm. 
and I, I, when I say that, sometimes people like, I've even had a, a consultant tell me you shouldn't use that word. And I've had HR people put their eyebrows up. <laughs> I'm like, no, I, I totally mean that. Mm-hmm. When, you, when people understand that you really care about them, they return that in, in spades. Yes. Um, so I, I do, that, that would be my number one principle, that you love the people you lead. The second is that, you know, everybody, when they get, uh, you get to a stage of a career like mine, people always think, oh man, they, she must have had easy street. Everything <laughs> went great for her. And I, I always say that, no, you need to view a career like an iceberg and that what you see right now with how you, you said what my experience was and my job description and my current role, you, you see the tip of the iceberg and you say, oh, it's awesome above the waterline. But below the waterline, you didn't see the challenges, the disappointments. And so what I, I try to tell people, particularly women, although I think this applies to everybody, you know, shit happens to everybody. Mm. I hope that's okay to say on your podcast. Absolutely. Your, your choice is, are you let that become a rock that you're going to carry around in your back? I use this visual that you put back, you put enough rocks in your backpack, you, you, you're weighed down, you're burdened yes. by everything. And I, I want you to translate that into a vision of a dumbbell. And I want you to take that opportunity and use it to be strong, use it to learn, use it to make you resilient because resilience is very important aspect of leadership because stuff happens all the time and some of it's noise and some of it is um really something to learn from and some of it doesn't matter at all but when it when there's an important lesson there don't let it defeat you use it to to make you stronger to make you clearer and to learn like that book i was saying learn learning never there it's never goes out of style and then the, the last one i think it would be about sponsorship that um leadership is about sponsorship and and i'd say stewardship we we are given these organizations you know, we're stewards our, our job mm-hmm. is to steward the legacy the resources and the people and they should be better for us having been there mm. great great perspective what are the key qualities that you look for in other leaders, other folks that you, you bring into your organization? Um, I think for attitude and a can do like a quest for learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there is a certain amount of experience that's of course required, um, but uh, I, I experience alone won't get you the job with me. It, it, you have to have that spark and that joy of wanting to run the race mm. that the work exhilarates you. I, I tell the, the, I've been interviewing a lot of directors for Orange County and I said, I want people who stay up at night thinking about how excited they are to do their job. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, 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 how can I make it better? How can I do this? How can I do that? And it's not that I want people working 24 seven because I'm a really big on 
making sure you rest your mind, but mm -hmm. I, there's a, a joy and a, a, um, a attitude of excellence that I think is as important as experience. Yeah, that, that word joy is so powerful because when it comes out naturally, it, it is, it's people in the job that they should be doing that yeah. unlocks and activates them in a really substantial way. And it, it just comes out. That's, I, I think that's a great word to, to key in on. Well, what, what keeps you motivated to drive this huge project and organization forward every day? Well, there's, I'd say two major things. One is um, the, the things we talked about early on of doing something from, from startup. Um, the, I love, the favorite things I've ever done in my career are the things where I don't have a script where I get to create. So the, the ability to um, have a vision come from the ground up is, is a not doesn't come along very often in your career. Mm -hmm. But I'd say the second thing is the patience. You know, I um, since I've been at City of Hope, one of the one thing that happened to me that has never happened to me in any other job, and I've lived in Orange County for 40 years, is I had people stopping me and thanking me for taking the job, people I did not know. Mm -hmm. They would recognize me and they would say, you're a net walker and uh, thank you for bringing City of Hope to Orange County. They took care of my mother. They took care of my father. Or they'll say, thank you for bringing City of Hope to Orange County. We wanted to go to City of Hope, but it was just too far for us. Our family couldn't manage it for whatever reason, for work or whatever. And Weekly, there are two to three people who I get a phone call of from Orange County who need City of Hope's help. And like just last week, it was a very dear friend, someone who's, you know, like family to me who needs City of Hope and they live here in Orange County. I want to bring those resources to those people. That, that it is, it is a, going to be a gift to this community and it might be me, it might be my children, it might be my neighbors, it might be you, but I know it's gonna make a big difference for this community. So those two things are the, the sparks that keep me going. That'll keep you motivated for sure. That's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, on the personal front, one of the things I'd love to ask and, and learn from my guests, you mentioned uh, a book that you're, listening to that you, you know, you like things that make you think how do you keep yourself sharp and, and innovative? Well, you know, I, I have learned something about myself in COVID. Uh, that has been a good thing mm. about taking more time in the morning. Uh, I have six kids. We, we raised six kids. We have 13 grandchildren. Incredible. There has not been a day in my entire since 1980 that I didn't have to jump out of bed at seven o'clock, get dressed, put on my heels and run out of the house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I learned during this time that having a quieter morning is really good for me. 
it, it, it centers me. If I want to pray or I want to read or I want to do whatever, it's, it's a better start to my day. So I stopping is stop being quiet is to regenerate yourself. The other is continuous learning, um, reading, um, listening to books, podcasts, a lot, a lot of books and podcasts that I read. I read 70% of them or I, you know, I get, I get jewels out of things. Um, and then the last thing would be walking. I, I love to walk. It's um, mentally, it's good for me. Physically, it's good for me. Um, it's just, that's my thing. I hate aerobics, hate them, hate them, hate them. So, <laughs> so walking is my thing. But I think that the, like what you said is that whatever your thing is, it's very personal to you. Um, you've got to figure that out. And then of course my family, you know, my family is the one that really motivates me. If I had all this success, but I didn't have them, I, I, I say my, my faith in my anchors, my faith in family are my anchors. Um, so they're the ones that inspire me to do what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. Well, Annette, this has been great. So many great nuggets of, of wisdom and perspective. And I think a great introduction to my community on what City of Hope will bring here, which will be so additive and I think transformative, which is Awesome. So we're coming up on time at the, the end of the show today. Uh, we both definitely have a lot of heart for young people. I have a lot of them that, uh, that listen and, and I love to work with young people like students and recent graduates, you know, those early in their career. If you were to talk to a, a group of folks just beginning their career today that are starting to prepare and plan, what, what advice would you have for them? I would say, um, don't be afraid, be brave. I, I, I sometimes talk to particularly people coming out of college and they're so afraid of making a mistake. Yes. And I, I tell them, I said, you can't make a mistake out of college. Mm-hmm. You have so much opportunity. <laughs> you might have three or four careers the way the world is right now. So what's most important is get yourself into something decide if you like it, but you'll learn from it no matter what. And it will help guide you to the next step, but just jump. It's like going to the pool. You know, you got to just go in and, and enjoy, enjoy it. Don't be so afraid. Just take a chance and do your best. And you're going to be on a path. You'll find your path. That's right. Yeah. I love that idea. You can't make a mistake at absolute worst. You're learning something about the world, about yourself, uh, and you can continue from there. So that that's you know, so, so powerful. Can I say one more thing? About Absolutely. That? I didn't, this might help a younger person get a little perspective. I was unable, I had a lot of kids early, so I decided I, I didn't get my master's degree, I think until I was 37 or 38. And it was like, oh, you're so old. I'm so old at 37 or 38. Well, you know, I have work a whole nother lifetime since I got Mm. that degree. Um, They've got so much opportunity in front of them. I'm a little jealous. I would love to be 25 again and figuring out all the great things that they have to look forward to. 
That's right. And, and the pace of change just continues to accelerate. And so, I mean, that word you used earlier, resilience, is such a critical skill and capability for today's young people more than ever, because the, the likelihood they'll be in something for their entire career is way lower today than it was when we were starting. Yeah, well, I, I have had three careers, three different careers, all in healthcare, but very, yes. I was a clinical person originally, and mm. here I am doing this. Amazing. Yeah. Well, Annette, thank you again thank so you much for awesome. joining. Uh, I mean, City of Hope is such an important new part of our community and, and so excited to see what you uh, and, and they will do in, in your leadership in the coming years and, and look forward to continue to collaborate with you here in the community. Yeah, I feel the same way. Thank you so much for the time and the opportunity to talk to you about what our dream is for Orange County. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Operate Podcast. If you like this conversation, as a favor to me, you can rate us, review us, or subscribe, or tell your friends. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Operate Podcast. Until next week, get out there and operate.